Beginner's call. This is your beginner's call. Will all show beginners please make their way to the studio? Tonight's performance of Overstudies is about to begin. Most podcasts have a story, a crime, an intimidatingly vast array of names and voices. This podcast has the Overstudies. Becky? Wow. I did not expect that to come out of your mouth just then. Why not? I don't know. I'm impressed. Yeah. You're coming for Ben Norris's job. <laughs> I am. Which can mean only one thing. <laughs> it's time for Overstudies. It's time for Overstudies. Welcome back. My name's Charlie. I'm Becky. And uh, we are the Overstudies. And this week we are talking all about the Choir of Man. Yes, this is a firm favourite of the Overstudies. Uh, for those who have listened to our radio show, have visited our website, know us in person, you will know that this is one of our favourite shows. And I am so excited to be doing this podcast this week. Yes, absolutely. It's one we've been wanting to do for a, a while, to be honest. Ever since we were talking about going to a podcast, we were like, we can't wait to do the Choir of Man episode. And it is finally here. So, dear listener, welcome to the jungle. Yes, you are about to have the ride of your life. Yeah, I, yeah, I would actually agree with that. Yeah. I think um, we might have some fun. Yeah, we might have some Adele. Yeah. Might have some Guns N' Roses. Yours don't really work because you're just naming bands that these guys pund mine into conversation. <laughs> you caught me off guard. Oh, okay. Well, um, there is going to be a little bit of everything uh, in today's um, episode. But in particular, there will not be a pint. No. Because you have to pay extra for that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, and we'll come on to all of this and more. If, if you're listening now and you're going, what on earth are they on about? Have they finally lost the plot? No, we have not. Um, they're all references to little bits of the, uh, the Choir of Man. Um, and do stay tuned if you want to hear uh, all the rest of that and why. We think this is one of the best shows to come to the West End in kind of the last... 18 months um, and hopefully by the end of this you will love it just as much as we do and want to go and buy those tickets before we get started though um if you do want to join in the conversation you can find us on social media we are on twitter at overstudies and we are on instagram at overstudies blog you can head over to our website overstudies.co.uk send us a contact form an email stage at overstudies however you want to get involved just drop us a line yeah do that um we're in all the places where you'd expect to find us and some of the places where you wouldn't uh, becky looks after those Another sneaky reference there. Yes. Which has been removed. It has, but that <laughs> concludes the housekeeping notices. Yes. Um, which means we can now get on to what is the Choir of Man. So what is the Choir of Man? Yes, I just said that. What is it? How do we even start? It's the most overstudies thing I've ever seen outside of the overstudies. It is the most fun you will have in a theatre Without taking your clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that is very on, on brand for the Choir of Man, to be honest. The Choir of Man is pure chaos, but not quite in the way that you would expect. I don't think it's any secret at this stage, because we've said it before, and we will definitely keep saying it. When we first heard about this show, we were... A little bit scared, a little bit worried that it was just going to be essentially lads, 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 the musical. It was going to be a show for lads, about lads. It's going to be, oh yeah, lads, lads. And it isn't. 
Say lads again. Lads. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's the exact opposite of lads, lads, lads. It is the genuinely the most the most I have smiled in a 90 second, 90 second, God, 90 minute, 90 minute window um, that I can even think of. It's the equivalent of six, but for men, I would sum it up as of being kind of very empowering, but also quite um, moving and delicate at times, all wrapped together with, don't get me wrong, quite a laddie context. Yeah. So the choir of man is set in a pub. Specifically um, the jungle. Specifically the jungle. Uh with a complete with a working bar on stage. Yes. So this is pub as it's literally a pub. Mm. Um and it doesn't really have a plot. It's a jukebox collection of pop songs that have been re-envisioned with folk um and acoustic kind of inspirations i would say yeah it's like stripped back folky rock and roll pop sensation really kind of all put together um as becky says in this kind of pub setting it's a setting that many of us are going to be familiar with for all manner of different reasons yet it's a brand new spin on it and as indeed is kind of referenced throughout the show taking pubs back to what they're meant to be about which is community and gathering and people um there isn't a plot to this show. It is just a collection of people thrust together and seeing their lives and their circumstances and how that can affect all of us. Yeah, the the narrative and the plot of the show is the people and the characters are the story. It's a very character-driven piece and all wrapped up with some of the biggest pop hits that we've heard in the last, I don't know, even possibly 50 years, I would say. Yeah. 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 Um, and including um, also some incredibly powerful songs that you have been around for even longer. Uh, yeah. Um, but you may have never heard of. There's also a couple of original pieces in there too. Yes. All of these pop songs are also tied together with some beautiful poetry and prose that has been written specifically for the show and is actually rewritten every time there's a brand new cast who come to join the show. And this particular prose kind of tells the story of those characters and just gives you an insight into their actual lives, which is really, really special. Yeah, it's a blend of fiction and fact altogether in a way that I don't know any show that kind of does. Even those shows that have got that are based on a true story don't quite capture the essence of being a person in quite the same way. This is fiction, but this is also the very real lives of the performers. So how does that work then? So for each of the cast members on stage, instead of having a named character, they have more of a role in a literal sense something that they provide to uh, the group of lads that are around the uh, the various elements of the bar whereas most shows might have i don't know a william shakespeare or an anne hathaway character these are just a job or a feeling or a characteristic for instance we have the maestro who is the musician of the group plays the piano um likes a song and dance we have the romantic you know the one who's always looking for that lucky woman, man, NB, whoever to spend their life with. 
Um, any other characters that spring to mind for you? We also have the Joker, who you've probably guessed it, is the friendship group's Joker. Cracking jokes, pulling pranks, winding everyone up and making everyone laugh. Sounds like you. Yeah, I would say so. We've also got the Beast, a great big cuddly, friendly beast. Yes. Um, and who is, you know, kind of the, the one who can often seem quite intimidating because they might be quite big, um, but actually has got a lovely, soft little heart on the inside. Uh, the boar. Kind of says does what it says on the tin there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the handyman, the one who's good at fixing things, good at sorting a problem. If you've got a, an issue to solve, call the handyman. Uh, the poet. Um, which we will come back to and, and kind of explain a little bit more. Um, but, you know, the one who, who likes to use their words uh, to do things. And of course, what pub would be complete uh, without a barman? Finally, we also have the hard man, who, as the name suggests, is the one who's a bit more muscly, a bit more streetwise, and you definitely want on your side in a fight. Many of these characteristics are carried through into the performers as individuals. It's not just... Um, a character, as we've said, it takes elements of their own lives. So say, for example, um, the poet, the role of the poet is actually played by a real life slam poet. And that is Ben Norris. Yes. Yeah. Very talented writer. Incredibly talented writer. And indeed, one of the kind of the creatives behind um, the Choir of Man as a whole was brought on board fairly early on in the creative processes after some initial workshops to write some monologues that tie together all the different elements and ideas of the show. And this is something that evolves with every production, as I think Becky mentioned earlier on as well. They'll be tweaked, they'll be changed, they'll be localized, but they'll also be put to work around the characters um, themselves. Um, and Ben, you know, writes these for all the productions of the show um, and then has been performing them in the West End in various other international runs as well. And we were lucky enough to sit down and have a bit of a catch up with Ben at the Choir of Man press launch earlier on in 2022. So I'm now joined by Ben Norris, who plays the role of the poet in the Choir of Man. Um, not a unfamiliar role to you, Ben. No, I've done it before and I, I wrote the things that the poet says, so that's helpful. Well, tell us a little bit about being part of that creative process from Choir of Man from start to kind of to where it is now. Because like you say, you have written a lot of the poet's verses um, as well as performing them. Yeah, it was cool. It kind of came pretty organically, uh, to use a wanky phrase. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Good, it's happened. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, when, when they initially put it together, it was just a group of singers and they didn't really know what anyone was going to do yet. They didn't have any kind of roles defined. They just cast people with different voice parts. So we had, you know, tenor through to bass. Uh, and then beyond that, it was like, well, let's see what happens. And they kind of made the show based on who was in the room and what they could do. So people play various instruments and people had various kind of different like physical qualities. And there was a gymnast guy at first and I did spoken word poetry acty stuff. And so they, they kind of decided that oh, we'd like someone to play a sort of host narrator type figure um, and maybe that should be Ben and so yeah then we started to talk about what we would want that person to say and and why and and the speeches were, were born out of that so yeah it was it was nice to have a pretty kind of conversational approach to it it, it didn't feel like a commission of like a cold sort of we wanted to write this and because I was already part of the group we'd sung together a bit and we were making the show for Edinburgh the first time but it felt like we got a little bit of a running start, which was nice, so yeah. Yeah, I, I think that comes through in the show as well. Every single time we saw it, 
it's felt like a completely different show just down to the individual people involved. So you've then gone on to take the Choir of Man overseas as well. Um, talk to us a little bit about kind of that experience. Yeah, it was amazing. So we went to Korea. Um, we went to Daegu, to the Daegu International Music Festival in July. And it was my first time doing the show in a non-English speaking country. I think it was, the, sh the show has done a European tour before. Um, but I wasn't performing the role on that. So it was the first time I've done the show and it had subtitles and it was a really different experience uh, for loads of obvious reasons. You know, the, the, the interesting thing about subtitles as well is obviously lots of what the poet says is in verse. It rhymes, it has a meter. And when you translate poetry, it's a real art form in itself. What, do you choose to keep the rhyme and make some compromises on images or vice versa? Or how do you synthesize all of those things and so I, I and i can't read korean so i didn't know what choices had been made so it was interesting kind of discovering things that they still found funny new things they found funny things they did not find funny <laughs> um uh and just all sorts of kind of new moments really also the culture in korea like there isn't so much of a pub culture there is a bit but in terms of like compared to our pub culture so they don't have the same cultural capital when they watch the show like uh, uh, they're not bringing that with them re-pubs and so there wasn't the same strength of feeling maybe when I'm doing some of those speeches about gentrification or loss of loss of pubs uh, yet there are equivalent things for, for people and um, acapella music and pop groups in general is a massive thing in Korea and so yeah there were times where we sort of felt like K-pop stars and it was incredibly <laughs> surreal um, but the theatre was beautiful and no one for all that the words meant something different in the West End. Also, I think the West End audiences got a lot drunker than the Korean audiences. <laughs> we weren't allowed to serve them beer just because of COVID. So there was, uh, everyone was sober. So the, the kind of attention being paid was was a lot purer. And I, when I was doing the speeches, I felt like I was playing Hamlet at the National. It was incredible. <laughs> the like, this complete silence in, and it was a beautiful auditorium, big, big auditorium. Uh, I think like two and a half thousand seats or something like that. And the last night was sold out, which was mad. Um, and we sung parting glass a cappella like we do at the Arts Theatre, but the acoustics of this particular place were that much splashier. It was like being in a cathedral. It was really magic. So overall, very long answer, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Really, really, really fun experience, but yeah, very different. How are you feeling about being back in the Arts Theatre? Really excited. Yeah, when I, when I was asked, and I was so pleased to be asked if I'd like to come back, obviously I thought hard about it. I'd, I'd, had, I'd had a great time, but... Um, the show is so special and doing it with a mostly new group of people is really special too. It's a new energy and a chance to make new connections and discover new moments, um, which I'm really looking forward to and I'm really looking forward to the audience seeing those two, seeing the new guys. Um, and just, I just didn't feel like the, my journey with it was done yet because, because of exactly that, seeing what it means to people, it, it gives me so much life. Um, having that relationship with the audience and, and so yeah I wanted to kind of I wanted to have another run at it um, top up my tank a little bit before I move on to Pastures New so yeah I, I can't wait Ben thanks for having a chat with us thank you so that was just a small snippet of the conversation that we had with Ben Norris ahead of the opening of the 2022 run of the Choir of Man at the Arts Theatre and he seems like a lovely chap Ben, it was so nice um, having a catch up. And I say catch up because we've actually bumped into Ben a few times now, uh, which I think leads us in nicely to some of our previous experiences of Choir of Man. Let's 
first of all go right back to the summer of 2021 and that wonderful event that we talk about quite a lot actually on this podcast which is West End Live. Yes what an experience West End Live 2021 was. For those who aren't aware West End Live is a free musical theatre festival that takes place in Trafalgar Square in London and it's just a celebration of all things stagey, isn't it? It is. It's one of my favourite kind of weekends of the year, actually. Um, and one of the great things about it is discovering shows just like Choir of Man. The programme gets published and some shows you'll have heard of, you'll have heard of Lion King, Les Miserables and Phantom, but then you'll see things that you haven't, like the Choir of Man. And we saw this and we were like, interesting. And I think we wanted to see something kind of on after it. So we stuck around and we thought, yeah, we'll see how it goes. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, especially on the Saturday at West End Live. I think they were on around maybe like two, half two, kind of mid-afternoon slot. You know, everyone's kind of been there all day since like eight o'clock in the morning, queuing to get in. You know, everyone's kind kind of just having a little chilled moment. Everyone's just like winding down, wanting to, you know, see what comes up. Usually the slot where you get the new musicals, the tasters, the kind of comedy duos um, doing kind of like an amalgamation of all all the greatest musical hits. And then the choir of man take to the stage and it is like a lightning bolt has gone through every single person in that audience because the atmosphere just absolutely changed. I mean, it was a performance that certainly woke me up. It woke everyone up. For sure. It was so much fun for something that I think got the crowd going quite a lot to say that I don't think it was a big kind of show on the billing. Like, well, as as we've mentioned, we didn't, we hadn't heard about this before going to West End Live. We'd read the blurb, we'd done everything, you know, done all the, all the little bits of research that you do. But yeah, just was not what we were expecting at all, I think. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like billed as a jukebox musical, but it was that that theme we were talking about earlier on where it is just lads, 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 but it, it kind of wasn't at all. And and we certainly weren't sold on it entirely from West End Light, but it was definitely that performance that was enough for us to go, this is something we want to go and see. Yes. So I think they definitely did at West End Live uh, Wake Me Up, Save Tonight, which is a mashup of those two songs. They did... Escape Pina Colada song. An incredible song. Incredible. And then they did Some Nights. So three, you know, very upbeat songs, very, you know, kind of happy dance numbers included. It was just such a laugh, but it was still a bit like, oh, okay, what else is involved in this show? You know, what what else does it have to bring to the table? Yeah. And actually the the western life kind of performance was very good at not giving too much of that away i think like there was definitely enough there certainly for me to hook me in and make me go i want to see this without giving away the lack of a plot um and but actually one of the things for me that i really did enjoy is the the choreo to um some nights uh, which is done with beer uh, jugs um where they're just singing and dancing and having a lot of fun and yeah it, go and google western live 2020 one um or indeed 2022 i think they did the same uh, song there um because it's it's just really good fun it's a really simple but also really complicated dance routine that one day we're going to get around to trying and i would put money on becky being the one who messes it up 
Yeah, I, I will break something. Probably many jugs, beer jugs in the process of trying to learn that dance. Or a bone. Who knows? We'll see. Probably both. <laughs> yeah, both is most likely. Um, so we have now got a tiny little treat for you. Um, and we're going to be able to play a very short, and I stress short, clip um, of... Uh, wake me up again from earlier on just ahead of this year's production here we go this club has been quiet always has and we are the current class we are choir of song that is it is so much fun and i think that was definitely one of the key things that made us so excited to go and see the show in 2021 yeah like wake me up as a song is always a hard sell for me just because i have nightmares of it from university when i did the uh student radio station there and had to um do aerobics to that every morning for a week which is incredibly fun um and i just wish the car had been there because it would have made morning aerobics so much easier it's a good song. It you, is a good you song. You can't deny that. It is a good song, but when you've heard it like many times every day for a week at like 8am in the morning, it get, it does it does great a bit. Um, but Choir of Man is not something that grates at all, actually. And and the one bit of it that did great for me when we first saw the show is now being got rid of as well. Ooh, controversial. Yeah. We will get to that, though. We will. Um, but we first saw the show back in December 2021 because it took us a little bit of time after um, West End Live simply to fit it in because we are busy busy peeps yes we were trying to fit so many shows in during that time yeah. um, but we went down to see it at the arts theater in london and just had the best time all around we when we say we didn't know what to expect we didn't know what to mm. expect like we knew that there was going to be some really fun pop songs but that was it and we i don't think i stopped smiling apart from during the sad songs but like just even then i was like this is so nice it's 90 minutes of heartwarming goodness and it brings out the best and demonstrates the best in people um you know it's funny it's happy it's forward-looking there are some sad moments there are some poignant moments both about community about family about loss in all of the above but it's something that kind of all comes together in a really nice package that is again kind of like the perfect length of show the perfect vibe of show when it does make you sad it then very quickly kind of spins things around and makes you feel happy and, and hopeful for the future yeah it's like the best friend giving you a hug or like patting you on the on the shoulder getting you getting you nice and happy again yeah and it you know that's all something that links back into the core theme of the show which is 
community pub spaces and that idea of, of community and, and a safe space as well, you know, somewhere that you can go and you can be a bit sad, but you can catch up with maybe not even people who are your mates, but just, you know, Bill who sits by the pub bar every night and has been there every night for the last 40 years and everyone knows who he is and just says hi, but you know, you're not, you'd never go and see him outside of the pub. Yeah. It is just so, it feels like home. Yeah. Which is again, a, a key, key point of the show, but it just feels like you're home as soon as you are watching that show on stage. Yeah. You know, that the idea of kind of belonging and, and somewhere that you can fit in, like whatever your diverse interests are, actually, if you've got a good kind of community space, like a pub or whatever else it might be, you know, the choir man chooses to set its production in a pub, but these are stories that could be just as valid in a theatre, in a cafe, in a youth club, even in like a sports field, you know, it's something that a shared activity that a lot of people can go and do and take part in. Um, and yeah, just, you know, share problems, but also avoid kind of your problems and know that you're with friends. There's one particular monologue in the show that does this really well, actually, that discusses the importance of safe spaces, whatever they may be, you know, your community hubs, wherever you feel the most at home. And there's a really nice kind of segment of poetry that's all about, you know, how a lot of those spaces have been lost to time, to kind of the last couple of years through COVID, but also just kind of reminding people just how important they actually are for people to function as human beings. Yeah, I think this was something I was going to say, particularly about seeing the show last year when we were just still coming out of kind of the the pandemic times. These community spaces, these shared spaces, for many were, and well, still are a lifeline that was often lost um, through the pandemic and did make life very difficult. Like not being able to go and see people is a challenge. And the fact that many haven't reopened and indeed the fact that many pubs, for instance, may still be closing over the winter to come with things like now the cost of living crisis. These are spaces that we we do need to hold on to. And for the choir of man to kind of be able to embody that sentiment, but also these places certainly that I can relate to, so well in such a, a vulnerable way as well for many of the characters is a very special um very special thing indeed you know it's not easy to kind of convey those emotions and the combination of ben's prose um alongside the staging and the choreography and the music choices really makes this for me as as we've said one of the most special things i think i've ever seen on a stage anywhere yeah i can definitely agree with that i think one of the things that made me most emotional the first time I saw the show was actually the speech about, you know, there's been over 2000 pubs that have closed in the last couple of years. And yeah, that's just pubs. Like think about how many other spaces have closed and it's just a, it really puts kind of things into perspective, I think more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's things like this as well where we you know the show talks about safe spaces pubs are safe spaces community spaces are safe spaces for a lot of people it's places there where they can go and be themselves be surrounded by people who they trust and have i, I want to say like a normal life but i don't think that's kind of doing it justice like it is a normal life but it's it is a much bigger deal than that it's, it's living i suppose life itself 
And I think that that's the interesting thing about this show is that it could have been set in any of those safe spaces when you think about it. Yeah. The fact that it's a pub is makes it more commercially accessible maybe, but it's just one example of a place where people gather and belong and can be kind of whoever they want to be and feel safe to do that. But this is the thing as well, is actually by setting it in in a pub, it gives these brilliant kind of opportunities for some actually quite spectacular sort of set pieces in the show um, without giving kind of too much away. You know, we think we see people um, playing with like playing cards. Uh, we see jigs and stuff happening around uh, the bar. Um, you know, we've all been to a pub where there's been a spontaneous little bit of a, a sing or even a little bit of a dance going, you know, it's something we can relate to. There's even one utterly bizarre yet actually quite incredible scene set in the men's toilets which is just one of the most hilarious things i've ever seen on stage disgusting but hilarious i've never felt more uncomfortable in my life while simultaneously having the best time it's the (laughs) weirdest experience ever yeah (laughs) but it works and i'm like each time i see it i'm like hang on a second like is this weird or is this funny but it's both. <laughs> and this is it though, is that you can be going from having a weird, incredibly hilarious moment to literally minutes later crying. Oh yeah. It's... And having the the heart to heart about life, about loss, about love, about all manner of different topics that again, I don't think you'd get quite to the same extent if it wasn't set in a pub. Yeah. It's just those day to day conversations about, you know, your relationship, your last date that didn't go too well, you know, your your friends just kind of wanting a, a quiet chat with a cup of tea. You know, it's not just all about kind of lad laddish drinking culture. It's very much, you know, a, if you want to take a, like a few minutes, have a chat, have a, you know, herbal tea, we'll have a chat. But if you also want to watch the footy, that's that's allowed too. You know, it's it's whatever makes you feel most at home and most comfortable. Yeah, indeed. Exactly that. And I think there's a nice kind of topic in there actually to to kind of grab to go on to our next one. And that is the idea of if, if you want a drink and a friendly drink from a friend can also be a really you know nice thing. You know, a friend saying, do you want a pint? Do you want to do you want to come around for a brew? Um, and so I would like to dedicate this next section to the paddles. <gasps> Rest in peace. Rest in Gone peace. Gone but not forgotten. <laughs> Rest in peace, the paddles. Um, so one of the most interesting things about the choir man, as Becky said, there is an actual working bar on the stage. The bar that's on the stage works. Yes, it it's great. <laughs> and when we first saw the show in uh, December 2021, um, you couldn't actually go to the bar yourself because of COVID. Um, yes. So we weren't able to go on the stage and get drinks ourselves. But there was an ingenious solution uh, to use paddles with pints that would get sort of put over the audience's head and then you'd pick one up and you'd get a free beer on on the show. Yeah. And then fast forward to oh was it March? March, yeah. March 2022. I think this was the first time we'd been back in a few weeks because Months. of course of yeah, I I mean we'd been a few times before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um because of course this is one of the shows that we hyperfixated on. Well for, you've hyperfixated. Well, yes. But um no, we loved it so much we just kept going back. Yeah. And yeah, fast forward to March 2022, suddenly we're allowed to go on stage. 
Yeah. So before the show happened for about half an hour before curtains up, you can actually go up to the bar and be served a pint from the taps on the bar. There. Yeah. And have your pint sit in the pub, sit in the jungle, sit at the table and uh, drink your drink your pint. And this is quite a, an interesting experience, actually. Quite scary if you've never been on a stage before. Quite overwhelming to be under like stage lighting. You hated it. It's hot. It's hot up there. I respect it. Like <laughs> being up there for 90 minutes, it, it's warm. Um, but yeah, like, fully immersive experience, I would say. Yes. Because um, that's the buzzword of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and something as well, though, that is still, you know, part of the show. You do now have to pay, I think it's four pounds um, for your beer token, uh, which you can get before the show starts at the Arts Theatre. Um, but it is actually worth it if you've not done it before to get a drink and to kind of go and have a bit of a chat with the cast as well. You know, some of the cast will come out so you can say hi to the poet, to the barman, to the hard man, whoever kind of you want, really. And it is it is worth the the kind of the extra little uh, fee for that bit of immersion. Um, but equally, RIP to the paddles. Yes, the paddles are no more because they used to be used mid-show as well mm. to hand out extra beer. Mm. But now they are not because, no. um, well, the cast can kind of run around the the yeah, theatre again. <laughs> the cast just take points to you. Um, but this is one of kind of the, the fun things of the show. It's a show that really doesn't take itself too seriously whilst dealing with some really serious topics. And it does them justice through that. They These are not serious topics that are being not taken seriously. These are serious topics that are being taken seriously, but by a show where, because it's a bit silly, it makes you feel at home, like we keep saying. Yes. And kind of to go on to another one of the topics that I think is quite a key part of the show is just kind of masculinity itself, but in like a very positive way. I think one of the ways to kind of summarize all the different themes that keep coming up is that typically when you get kind of men in musicals, they always tend to be kind of the, you know, um, rom- romantic interest or kind of the the hero or the kind of you know prince that comes to save the day or something like that have you seen Les Miserables uh, the less I say about that show the better um but in the choir of man it's just regular blokes and just what normal masculinity is like I think and I think that's the interesting thing that I took away from the show is that all of these you know just normal topics about you know kind of the latest date that you've been on, the the pub that you go to, football teams that you're interested in. It's just normal normal everyday life and not kind of an extreme version of masculinity. Yeah, I think that's entirely right there. And actually, if we go back to earlier on this year, um, back in September, at again, the kind of the press launch, I had a really interesting chat with uh, Levi Terrell Johnson, who plays the hard man in this and um, when we saw the production last year in 2021 we had a very muscly um person playing the hard man who i would be scared of outside of kind of a musical theater experience you know very like muscly and manly um levi is much slimmer like still got some muscle but his hard man comes from being streetwise it comes from growing up in a fairly rough part of um Wales and having to kind of deal with that it's it's not a going to the gym kind of level of hard but it's a slightly different 
almost grittier um, bit. But you know what? I'll let Levi sum it up in his own words. So I'm joined now by Levi Terrell Johnson, who's going to be playing the hard man in the new West End production of The Choir of Man. Um, how are you feeling about taking on this role? I'm just so excited to be here. It's my debut West End performance. Uh, I've trained in musical theatre for five years now. Um, I did my A-levels and did really, really well. And that's when I got the passion for the, um, the being on stage in musical theatre. And then I moved on to doing my undergrad, um, musical theatre also. And it just went from kind of strength to strength. I was uh, growing in my ability and confidence like I'd never known before. And then I moved on to studying my postgrad at Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, where I felt supported and it actually felt like it could be a real possibility for not just a lifestyle, but a career. Um, I've been a music, music uh, singer-songwriter for the past 10 years, and I've kept going around in circles because you know, the music industry is fickle, and I've never quite felt as valued as I feel I should be. You know? And so entering musical theatre, I instantly felt valued uh, due to my, I guess, my individuality, let's say. Um, I know there's a, especially with the whole rise of diversity and coming from a really diverse background and heritage, I felt that this, uh, I felt celebrated for once. So I knew that I should follow that. Um, a family member of mine, an uncle, um, his name's Noah Francis Johnson, he's a singer. Uh, he said, oh, he always told me, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. I think it's a really interesting and truthful take on, on the state of life, to be honest. It's something that I know on our podcast, we're really uh, passionate and enthusiastic about diversity and inclusion in theatre as a general. What attracted you to The Choir of Man and The Hard Man in particular? What made you go, this is a, a role I, I want to, to do? So the introduction to Choir of Man I had, uh, in my master's, there was a, a guy called Peter Hughes, Peter Lawrence Hughes. Um, he was the original beast uh, and the first ever, that's how the show came to be in the development of the show, he was the first ever Beast. And so he spoke fondly of the show. So I heard about it through him. And then going forward through my studies, um, this was the first audition that popped up. And ha knowing the amazing experience he had, um, I knew that it was a, a great choice to begin my journey through musical theater. And the, the, hard, the hard man role in particular, it wasn't something I aimed for. Um, I, I auditioned for the romantic initially. Um, not that it was by choice, it was by, um, yeah. about my vocal range and so forth. But of course, after they saw who I was, they want the, wanted to see me as the hard man as well. And I come from a council estate in Cardiff and I, uh, the previous renditions of the show, the hard man was typically a muscly, muscly gym dude. And I'm not quite that. I mean, I go to the gym, but I've also been... Uh, a big I've been really fond of martial arts throughout my life I've done kickboxing MMA boxing most of my life and so I feel like I'm bringing something new to the role of hard man which is the street kind of hard man who is grounded and he's he's got that the, the experience of the hard man not just somebody who goes to, to the gym who looks good and so uh, yeah I think I feel like I'm bringing some truth to the character that I, I can't I haven't seen the show before this uh, rendition so I can't say the other characters have haven't done that but I like um, I've been told by the director that you know they love what I'm bringing they love the the new vi uh, the new vibe of the hard man uh, which is you know the genuine hard man and I've you know I've seen things that you know one who is sheltered uh, have, have hasn't seen so I've faced many adversaries through life and I've 
made it through by being hard in some sort of way. We're encouraged to not be too scripted. I mean, of course, uh, anything spoken, anything sung is scripted, and some of the movements, the blocking, the staging is semi-scripted, but also we make our own journeys from A to B, and and the interactions we have with each other, none of that is scripted. So that's all about the bond we build in rehearsals, and that bond translates amazingly to stage because it's genuine, and none of that is faked. None of that is false. They're not. They're not fake uh, or imagined characters that we bring to life. They are, they are us. Those characters are us, and those the relationships between the characters. They're the true relationships. Um, there's nothing nothing forced, nothing faked, and uh, that's the beauty of this show, and that's why I love it. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen the Choir of Man before, can you sum up what they're going to get from a typical performance um, in in sort of your words? Okay, so um, most musicals is a fantasy land where you can escape and you can escape and. You know, live in a world that you could never experience. But the Choir of Man is the most grounded show I've ever known. Uh, it's about the true lives of people who who are in those pubs and you know their problems and their their their, their op- the opposite. So their the joys and their problems. So and we celebrate both and we support each other throughout the show in certain numbers. They're about certain character struggles and. You know, there's, there's struggles that we all relate to, so there's there's nothing fant- fantastical. Is that the word? Yeah. 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 Nothing fantasy about this. This is a real show, and, yeah, it's just about the celebration of each other, and I think that's what... It, it, it's about the insight of man, and it's about the true man. It's not about the toxic masculinity facade of what people may assume it to be or... And there's just the diversity within men. Um, I think that goes under-celebrated and under-appreciated these days. And, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's such a beautiful thing, the camaraderie and the brotherhood between men. Um, and for especially for diverse audiences to see what men are actually like. And they can see that in the most fun way and exciting way there is, is to see it. Yeah, I think that's you've absolutely summed up what we've taken when we've seen the show in the past is that we went in wondering what it's going to be. You know, you see the Choir of Man, you think, is it going to be a laddish musical, for want of a better term? And it isn't. It is a musical for everyone. And um, we're so excited to see it it coming back. Levi, thanks so much for your time. That press event was such a a wonderful experience, actually. I'm really sad that you, you couldn't join me. I know. I was so, so jealous, but it looked like you had the best time as I guess we always do when anything Choir of Man related happens. It was a mini Choir of Man in an actual pub. It was great. Oh, the dream. The dream. Um, Levi touched on a really interesting bit within um, our little chat there, kind of around toxic masculinity and um, how people kind of do come together through the show and it shows those real people behind those facades. And I kind of wanted to now move into some of well, our personal highlights of the show, um, or not necessarily highlights, but kind of like standout moments. Cause I don't think me being brought to tears is ever a highlight, but it <laughs> is something that, that does happen in every show. And actually crowd man was one. I was not at all prepared to cry in. And every time I've seen it has just sent me completely. Um, there's a really poignant moment about loss and grief, um, kind of towards the end of the show. And it can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. The way it's done is kind of left for you to relate to it how you you do and don't want to. And it is just something for me that 
really gets me in the feels to use the 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 down with the kids phrase because i really relate to kind of how that's done and you know that we can be one moment um seeming very happy and and positive and like joining in with the group and all the rest of it but then actually sometimes in those spaces you need to kind of just duck out and have a a little like you know moment to yourself and and get a little bit deep and maybe if your best mate is there have a chat with them as well um but again how actually pubs can be a safe space to do this and you know when your mates are there they will support you and help you yeah and i do love how that particular number um dance with my father mm. is done because it's such a powerful and emotional number but we also have um the the rest of the group kind of watching it and then coming and getting you know shot glasses out and be like you know we're here to pick you up like you're having your moment expressing your feelings we're gonna all be there and the shot is kind of like a representation of that solidarity in the grief even if they are not going through the same thing they all then have a shot together and it's like we're not in this we're not exactly going through the same thing but we can do something to support you to help you along the way yeah exactly you know it's recognizing that we've all got stuff going on and we've all got our challenges and even if we can't relate to the specific challenge you know there is that friendship and that kind of collective feeling about stuff it is genuinely such a powerful moment i'm surprised it's not made me cry yet yeah but it's part of why it's so powerful as well though is it comes after one of the funniest parts of the show and then just before one of the most energetic parts of the show like it's such a huge pace change but also works perfectly in my opinion at least yeah i guess it's kind of that's how real life works. You know, you can be having the time of your life and then the worst thing in the world can happen to you, but then life gets better afterwards. And I think it's a really beautiful juxtaposition there of just emotions as a human being. Yeah. It's something as well that I think has taken on a, a very significant poignancy for a lot of people with the pandemic and stuff. And, you know, that is something that gets referenced quite a lot in the show, even in the 2022 run. But it's also something that has improved, certainly for me, with the 2022 run, because one of the songs that came either side of it has been cut. Um, and this was music to my ears, literally, when I heard that it had happened. Yeah. I mean, that was a good day. It is a brilliant show. It's it's also a show that has got a lot of currency. You know, it can be evolved and adapted. And it's great to to see that as you know we've heard from from levi and ben it's a show that changes every time you see it just by the nature of the audience the people that you're you're seeing it with there was a song in it in in the 2021 run um waterloo sunset that kind of wanted to show and convey this idea of community and relationships but was just a massive pace change that always felt like it stuck out a little bit certainly to my mind it just it didn't really fit it was like a pace change too far like we'd already done the kind of sad bit and we needed to pick it back up but this was kind of a oh we're still going with this kind of vibe i think like really well done when it was in yeah a a really nice arrangement of the song and like you know the lighting and the staging of it was great but it kind of just lost me like i would check out the show a little bit because i was just i mean it doesn't help that i don't like the song but yeah i just i didn't really see why it was necessary so to see that it had been removed from the show i it, 
yes, I'm pleased to see it's it's gone because I don't think it added anything. But also objectively, um, if you didn't know it was in there, you wouldn't miss it at all. Um, it didn't add anything. Yeah, I think the nice thing is that the one positive I would say to that number was that at the end, all the cast came out with various kind of musical instruments and things like that. And they've kept that bit. Yeah. So, but the the whole song's gone. But the the interesting bit is still in there. <laughs> yeah. So they've kind of reorchestrated um, it to kind of have a bit of a jam, um, which then goes into the production's original song, "Bring Tomorrow On," which is a really powerful song of kind of hope and saying, you know, whatever gets us down, whatever life does throw at us bring tomorrow on because your pals have got you there is always something to kind of fight for and it's one of my favorite songs from the whole show actually it's just a really kind of nice thing where you've got all of them are playing some kind of instrument um be it just bashing a, a drum or you know playing a, a, a actual accordion. accordion yeah i couldn't remember the uh the name for it that i was gonna be like this the, the slinky one <laughs> yeah the actual accordion <laughs> yeah. but then it's like you know there's ukuleles there's guitars there's um banjos there's all manner of different instruments there's a uh someone's playing a saxophone trumpet bit of everything there's also one of becky's highlights of the show which is playing music with your feet so for legal reasons, I am not allowed to spend the next 20 minutes talking about a tap number because apparently no one cares but me. But <laughs> I am a big fan of a show that has a tap number in at any point. I don't care where it is. Give me a tap number and I am happy. Your little face the first time we saw Choir of Man when the tap came. Uh, just honestly, it, it, it's one of my favourite moments of the show. and. It's just, it's so energetic, but also incredibly skilled. Like, but it's tap dancing's hard. Yeah. But the, <laughs> so the first number um, where the kind of the tap comes in is done really, really cleverly as well, where it's effectively an argument that's going on between two mates. And the tap is um, doing the, the the responses. Like you've got kind of the, the, the choir... Um, asking if they're okay, suggesting that they come and sit down. And the tap is being like the, no, I don't want to. But it's energetic and fast, but then also slow and moving and touching. And it's just, the tap is the third voice or the third instrument or whatever you want to kind of, of, of describe it as. And it is a really unexpected yet clever and, and for me as well, perfect use of tap. And linked back into the ethos of the choir of man as well, which is that, you know, if if you are a, a bloke, a man, and you want to do tap dance, go for it. Like, you know, 10 years ago, even 15 years ago, when we were growing up, boys doing tap was a, a silly thing. Like, a lot of people wouldn't see that as like a positive, but actually the reality is it is. And it is a skill and a very hard skill at that. Yeah, that that tap number. I think every time I see it, it just blows my mind. Because I'm like, I'm exhausted watching it. Never mind actually how exhausted anyone doing it must be when doing it. And also the fact that the Choir of Man has multiple swings and super swings that cover that part. Where are you finding all these guys that can tap dance? Because like, honestly, I am, uh, they're all just amazing. Like, and to do it so well. Yeah. I'm obsessed. It's, it's just 
a very, very good moment in the show. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it's something that then kind of does return through the rest of the show as well. Uh, once they've brought it out once, any opportunity they've got to add some more tap in, it happens. Yes. Definitely a highlight every time that happens for me. One final kind of moment, I think, for both of us that is incredibly powerful and poignant and does make us feel the feels, again, as the kids say, is the very end of the show which is a very touching moment, I think. Yeah. We don't want to give too much away for this one because this is something best experienced by seeing the show, but we couldn't talk about Quarab Man without mentioning um, the parting glass. Yes. For those who have had a look on our socials, you may have seen a little snippet of a performance of the parting glass. This is a folk song with... Widely debated origins, I think, is the best way to put it. Some say Scottish, some say Irish. We don't want to get involved in that debate, so we're going to just leave that up to everyone else to interpret. But it is such a beautiful song, and the way that it is done on stage, every single time I am just covered in goosebumps. So it's done completely a cappella and without any kind of amplification or microphoning or anything like that. as 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 the poet points out, you know, as these songs would have been traditionally sung. And it is kind of just such a great summary of the show as well, of kind of summing up those emotions that you felt, but also ending the show in a really beautiful way. Yeah. Most shows will end on a kind of very upbeat number that has you kind of dancing, leaving, you know, leaving in a very happy, happy mood. And this is just like, no, we're going to Give you the the biggest deep cut yeah, right at the end of the show. Yeah. But it works. It works absolutely beautifully. And that sums up, I think, the choir of man in general. It works. Yeah. it's. I cannot think of a show that I've enjoyed more in the last kind of 12 months that has been so new to me and have fallen in love with it this quickly. Yeah. It's, it just, it's just beautiful. Yeah, truly. So that is The Choir of Man. If you want to go and check out the production and find out more about it and see if you love it as much as we do, it is now playing at the Arts Theatre in London until the 5th of February 2023. Yes, so it has performances Tuesday through to Sunday, mainly 7.30 performances, but there's a couple of matinees sprinkled in there as well, typically on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday, but always best to check depending on the day that you're wanting to go. Yes, uh, there is also an accessibility performance with British Sign Language on the 17th of January. Um, so if you do want to be able to see the kind of the show uh, with that, um, that's the one for you. Yes. You can read more of Becky's thoughts on The Choir of Man by heading over to our website, overstudies.co.uk. We've got a post there. It should still be linked off the homepage, um, which is kind of a review of when we saw the show last year. Um, And of course, as always, do let us know your thoughts. If you've seen the show, um, if you've got a favourite number, a favourite character, anything like that, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to go and be in The Choir of Man and stand there with a pineapple, we've not mentioned that at all, so I'm just going to drop it in now with no context. Um... (laughs) The pineapple. To to encourage you to go and see the show so you can see the pineapple. You know, it's such a brilliant show and we we love it. Choir of man out of context. Pineapples and paddles. Pineapples. Well, there's no paddles anymore. Yeah, I know, but that's the paddles. (laughs) I just feel very passionate about the paddles. 
bring back the paddles. We're, <laughs> we're officially starting the campaign here to bring back the paddles. Heard it here first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will be back again in your ears very, very soon. Um, do check us out on social media. We are at Overstudies on Twitter and at Overstudies blog on Instagram. Uh, we're in all the usual places and some of the places that are less usual. Becky looks after those. I do. You can also see my stage at overstudies.co.uk. And I think that concludes the housekeeping notices. It does indeed. So with that, and just before we bring tomorrow on, we will be back again next week with a brand new episode of Overstudies, wherever you get your podcasts. And that leaves me then just to say it's goodbye from me, Charlie. It's goodbye from me, Becky. And we'll hand over to the expert of housekeeping notices, Ben Norris. I think you'll have a bloody good night out. There'll be something for you there. You, you might, you'll probably know all the songs, uh, but there'll definitely be something there that you know and love. We'll give you some beer. We'll have a dance. We'll feel some feelings, but you'll leave the theatre with a massive smile on your face, hopefully singing and dancing all the way home. <laughs>